Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel film and TV shows. We've got Adam, we've got Rhiannon, I'm Caleb, and uh, we have a little bit of news to talk about this week. Yeah, I mean, a little bit to make it worth podcasting. Just barely. Mainly Daredevil stuff, though, man. That's all we need oh, to talk geez. about, really. It's funny, the way I'd broken down what we are going to talk about, I didn't even think about Daredevil, which is amazing, given like what all has happened. Adam, let me go ahead and before we start anything, your comic extends Wednesday. Is that correct? <gasps> yeah, December sixteenth, show number one comes out. Finally, that's so exciting. I know people's best thing to do would have been to pre-order it, but let's say someone did mm-hmm. not pre-order it, uh, they can check their local comic book shop, right? Yep. And then, is there any digital outlet or way to, like, catch up on it? It'll be available on uh, scoutcomics.com. Okay. I mean, your comic can still order it, so long as Diamond has it. And Diamond's such a GD mess, I don't uh, know if they'll have it or even get it to your store. So if your store doesn't have it, probably just go to scoutcomics.com and and pick it up, because the other stuff is so mind-boggling silly. I have a bunch of words on that. We need to do like an all comics podcast someday. Um, That's a, maybe our special holiday episode can be like a segment can be Adam talks about everything wrong with the comics industry. I, that's just my experience, man. I hate it. I don't know why I'm doing it. Is there a Christmas special? And like, what's the deal with that? You will not like that one. So, <laughs> um, Caleb won't. Caleb won't like the... Yeah, so I, I had the idea back in like June or July because um, it was looking like everything was going to drag on and we were going to... We were going to originally release it in November. So the plan was... They call it Secret Variance, but it's a whole-ass Christmas story um, with the sequential art and lettering and the whole works. It's It's a comic, and that's going to be trickier to find... All they did was, it's going to be, uh, they do like this subscription box thing, um, which is kind of brilliant. It's like, I'm hawking it, but it's like 30-something, 40-something, but it's everything they put out. But it's going to be in there and select retailers. It involves Santa. It should be on scoutcomics.com as well. Uh, but we didn't print two super many copies of that. So for everyone listening, it's probably uh, more of a collector's item where people are probably going to show out a little more for it. All right. We have so much news to get into. And so we're going to, um, here is my plan. I have a list of all of the movies and TV shows that are coming out that were talked about this week in order of their release. So we'll talk about it in that order just to keep ourselves from getting confused. And so um, what we'll do is we'll talk about Daredevil stuff and Spider-Man stuff when we get to Spider-Man. Does that sound good? All right. So we had the Disney investor call this week, which um, had promised to maybe be like a reveal event, like a Comic-Con. And it turned out to be that. I was a little shocked how much they did so. It was interesting. If you watch the whole thing, a lot of the studios and stuff chose not to show the public their teasers and such uh, only showed that to investors but marvel i think everything that showed up on screen showed up to everybody so you could tell feige was definitely playing to uh, a larger crowd than maybe some of the other folks even lucasfilm was um rhiannon you talked about did you get to see the investor side or are you not considered investory enough 
Yeah, I guess. I, well, no, um, I, I looked it up furiously when like that first thing came on and you couldn't watch the stuff. Um, like when they say investors, they mean like Janice Fund, like Merrill Lynch, like not Rhiannon that owned a few a few pieces of Disney stock. Though I did yell at my TV all night. A few guys, I'm going to sell my stock because of this. So yeah, I, I saw what everybody else saw. The rest of us instead got to hear 14 renditions of Shakira's I Won't yeah. Give Up from the film Zootopia. So that was not super fun, but Marvel thankfully did not do it to us. Uh, I think pretty early on they hit WandaVision, which is obviously our next property to come out, January 15th. And we got a new uh, trailer for that. I assume the last trailer we're going to get until that show comes out. Um, at this point, it's just like, what did you guys think of the trailer? How did it shift your expectations? Anything that really surprised you? For me, this trailer gave me a little bit more of a feel of what the plot may be in the show. You know, like before it was just all about here's the tone, here's, you know, the cool stuff we're going to do. But I feel like this one, you finally sort of see that there is a plot and that there is, well, maybe it's mental and maybe it is this weird place. The Monica Rambo, like, help me, I don't know who I am type thing sort of gave me more of a feel of that there is a plot, I don't know, I guess. Um, you know, it gave me a feel of what this world is going to be and sort of the journey we're going to go on. So I'm more hyped about it. Yeah, they, uh, they're they really holding back and not showing much um, with everything that's going on. There was one frame or one shot that made me think that they're not doing like that dome over the city type scenario. It might have been Monica or someone, and they were standing in... Wanda land um but then they flash back to uh um i would assume what's present day like out kind of in the middle of a field or something and like the television effect fizzles and you see the outline like it's a ghost so that makes me think that it's like just flat out like a opposite reality rather than like that town stuff we discussed i mean we haven't really learned much from it right we've learned that Oh wow, it's going to be in black and white, and there's a laugh track in an audience, and uh, all this other stuff. But we don't know who the villain is. They pointed towards a villain. They they said, "Who's making you do this?" Right. Mm-hmm. So she's just the puppet for for someone, probably nightmare. Maybe I'm not sure if we want to go down the the villain path. But, uh... Well, but they did say it would directly tie into Doctor Strange, which I know we're going through in this chronological order that you've lined up. But even Kevin Feige struggled with that. Like, by the end of his presentation, he was like, if you couldn't tell, all of this is <laughs> piecing together. Um, you know, so they did say it was going to tie into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. He name dropped Spider-Man 3 as well, which was pretty huge in and of itself. Because, I mean, we all assumed it while it was going on. But. Well, and if you happen to not have watched it, it certainly was a Disney Plus, really, presentation. I mean, even though this was a Disney investors call, it was very clear that Disney Plus was front and center and direct to, you know, direct to customer video was the thing that everybody was emphasizing. And so I felt like with each of the shows, he was like, here's something about this show and here's some footage and here's some cool stuff. 
And he's like, oh, by the way, Black Widow's coming out next week, next month too. You know, like it was very short and abbreviated on most of the film side. Well, and that was the purpose of it. The purpose of it was their investor call to talk about their direct-to-consumer focus. Um, during their previous investor call, they sort of put off I'll talk about Disney Plus because they had planned this big event. I agree, Adam, when you talk about villains. Uh, looking through this like slate of stuff we have, it's shocking to me. We don't know who the villain is in a lot of stuff. Like... We, f- we did get a few reveals at this, but, like, how many shows they are pitching to us without even telling us who the bad guy is is fascinating. Like, historically, the villain is kind of the way you added Spice. Like, I think back to the first Batman movies, and they're like, it's like the last one, except there's Penguin and Catwoman. You know, like, the villain was the way that you changed the flavor of a thing. And Marvel, at this point, doesn't even really seem to care to tell us all that much stuff which i think is weird all right i'm trying to think of the last i mean we knew who mysterio was right but even then they pitched him as an ally throughout the duration of the marketing even though no one knew or everyone knew you know what what his deal was and all that i'm trying to think what was i mean we knew who thanos was But even like Black Widow, there's been secrecy around Taskmaster and exactly who that is and how it works. And yeah, you did bring up a good point for um, for the the, all of the uh, box office press. We'll call it that. Leading up to this, it was interesting. They didn't so much as promote the box office whatsoever i mean he said he would say like things only in theaters or, or something like that but if they were to drop an eternals trailer that would have probably sent a much stronger message to at least theaters without really harming any thing. they put so much disney plus stuff out i don't think like an eternal so real would have swayed people's thoughts into saying I need to give everything to Eternals as compared to the $8 I'm giving to Disney Plus or whatever the new price is going to be. It's worth noting, too, that uh, obviously the other giant story that, I mean, we're not even probably going to talk about that much, was HBO Max's decide, or Warner Brothers' decision to put everything next year on HBO Max, day and date, with the theatrical releases. There were people, again, like... I don't know. There are these conspiracy theorists that are just like, oh, Marvel's totally going to do that with Black Widow. And they keep saying it's going to happen. And they keep telling us when that's going to be announced. And then it doesn't happen. Like, there was nothing. The only thing that Disney did remotely that way was they did announce they're going to do day and date with uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, an animated movie for Disney. But that's a March release date. Everything from Marvel suggested that they do not have any plans to change theatrical release model for MCU movies. So far. And and I think it'll depend. You know, if the vaccine rollout happens in such a way that people are still kind of staying inside in May, maybe it'll be different. But I think they're gambling on we're going to be returning to a semblance of normalcy by May. It seems to be the plan right now. I hope so. I mean, we said that in early March, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And look where we're and That's the thing. This this year's been such a mess. And it's the type of thing I think a lot of people are hoping. I mean, Marvel's absolutely hoping they can 
stick to the dates because I don't think they, I don't think they can delay Black Widow again just for theaters. You know, that's the thing. It's either coming out in theaters May 7th or whatever it is, or it's coming out both that and Premier Access because we saw everything they're doing and the whole web of stuff Kevin Feige and, and teams weaving, you know, right? And, I mean, one delay kind of messes the whole whole thing up. Uh, the only other things I noticed in the WandaVision trailer... There is this interesting like mix between her awareness and her ability. So like there was a little bit where her neighbor mentions that she's single and she's kind of like, "Oh, I am." And then like she kind of does a magic thing and all of a sudden there's wedding rings and visions there and like it kind of reminds me of a dream where you're like in the dream and you don't know what's going on, but you also have some degree of control over it. Like that was totally the vibe I got. I thought that was just an odd little like narrative point in that trailer. Um, we also saw, uh, potentially a new character. Agnes seemed to have like a friend or a boyfriend or something, uh, living next door, which we haven't seen before. Uh, we did finally get to see Monica talk and be some, you know, do something in the show. Uh, we got a little more, uh, look at some of the different eras that they're going to be in. They also bothered to give us agent Wu and Darcy for the first time, uh, in trailers. And so that was all there. Uh, and as you said, Adam, there was kind of a a reference to a potential villain, which I thought was new. So I thought those were the big like takeaways of things that we didn't know or hadn't seen before that we, we kind of have now. And they may have even showed them with the beekeeper thing on. At least that was how it's framed, but we know how they, they edit these things. So. All right, uh, we're going to keep moving. We have so much stuff we need to talk. We then saw a Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer which is the first, uh, we saw a little bit of footage of this uh, back at the Super Bowl spot, but this was obviously the first full thing for that movie or that TV show. Uh, what did you guys think of the Falcon Winter Soldier footage? On the saw face value, this it looked to me like the most vanilla summer blockbuster ever. It looks like a Fantastic Four, or, or not a Fantastic Four, but a Fast and a Furious or like Hobbs and Shaw or something like that. Those were the vibes I got from it. At least and that's I mean that's what Kevin Feige said ahead of time of how it was very cinematic and stuff. I mean, I'm going to watch it. It just didn't really fit my vibe. It feels very very tentpole. And that's what to me they were absolutely I mean like it was perfectly vanilla ice cream. It was nothing I mean there were no surprises, but I enjoyed it. Like, it was exactly what I expected. Right. And that's the thing. I think that's probably why I'm so disappointed in it. It just met my expectations. <laughs> and it didn't have, like, some huge Dark Hawk re- reveal or something, you know. I think that's the only reason my disappointment is. Because it is what I think most people thought it was going to be, like, this tones of spy thriller type stuff. I thought the best bit of it was the very end when the two of them are just like talking on the street, you know, the old like winter soldier, I hate you moment. And right. to me, the chemistry on those two guys is going to be a big, I would almost sell this more as like a, um, like a lethal weapon kind of adventure more than anything else, like really play up the two of them as partners. And so that's the part that I found the most exciting was they were together. The other thing that was startling was, 
that scene where like Falcon's like getting shot at by the helicopter, that 15 seconds costs more money than three Hellstrom seasons. You know, like just the volume of cash that they are throwing at the show, I felt like was very evident in that scene. That's that's part of the whole thing too. And it's just so big. Like if you showed me this trailer and I had no idea what the MCU was, I would have hedged my bets that Dwayne Johnson was in it. <laughs> you know, it's just so blockbuster. And that's got all the positives and negatives of that, I think. Right? Like, right. yeah, it'll probably be a lot of fun and really well made. But particularly going back to back with WandaVision, it's just, it's very stark. Because WandaVision, like, what is this show? It's like a mystical sci-fi adventure through the history of television that potentially opens up, like, either Nightmare or Mephisto. Or, like, there's just so much weirdness to WandaVision that Falcon and Winter Soldier does feel a little conventional probably next to it. And I say that as a champion of street-level type characters. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to watch it. It looks great. But it just, uh, like Rhiannon says, it was exactly what I... I thought the Madripoor stuff looked pretty interesting, too. Like, I'm excited about opening a new geography. Right. We say this now, and then they're just going to introduce Wolverine like Twitter (laughs) thinks, and the X-Men, and everything. All right. I'm not going to say much about Black Widow, as I said. I mean... I have talked more about it in this podcast than, than Kevin talked about it in the whole presentation. But it's scheduled in then for May. And then with probably two or three weeks after it comes out, Loki is going... Oh, I should have mentioned Falcon Winter Soldier uh, does have a release date. I don't remember hearing it from Feige, but tweets later from Marvel confirmed that it was a March 19th release date. Which is just two months after WandaVision. Basically, you'll get a two or three week break between WandaVision and Falcon... Then that'll come in, and that'll end just about the time Black Widow comes out, and then Loki will come out a couple weeks after that. Rhiannon, I know that you have loved Loki. Uh, what did you think of this trailer for this show? I loved this trailer. Um, I, everything from Owen Wilson to just the Loki-ness of it all. I mean, it, it there again, it's kind of just what I expected, but the fact that it was just kind of Loki being Loki and, and you know, up to no good. I enjoyed it. Uh, the TVA stuff all looks interesting. The little idea of him being there off to the side of these other events happening and watching on and all of that. Like, I've gone back and watched it many times. Um, the little nod to vote Loki thing where where he's there in the suit um, it was all very cool. I am, they got me hyped. I mean, not that there was ever a chance I wouldn't watch the Loki show, but I, I, I'm more excited about it now. It, yeah. It's probably the, it's probably the, the most surprising thing on the night, save for an announcement, um, later on, but it looks incredible. It almost looks more wild than WandaVision to an extent. I think it's going to, it might be super, super important for world building in the MCU, even though we're 20 some movies in now, 23 movies in. Um, he's going to go places and times we've never seen before. Uh, I'm still holding out um, 
they explain time traveling with the time stone because I feel like that's just going to be a total, I don't know what you want to call it, disappointment or stupid, silly little thing. But not the time stone, the space stone, um, the Tesseract. I see. I don't think he's going to use that to, I don't know. I just don't know how he gets from the space stone to the TVA. Yeah, well, clearly the TVA doesn't have a time stone, I wouldn't think. And so there's other time travel mechanisms. Well, we know now that the quantum realm does it, I guess. So, like, I just think that time travel is going to be something that just happens all the time in the MCU, a bunch of different ways, and we're just going to all have to be okay with that. Anyone else getting major uh, Umbrella Academy vibes from this show? Um. Like, the TVA kind of has almost like that postmodern type feel to it. I can see it. As soon as they put the TVA in it, I was like, oh, that's going to resonate with Umbrella Academy. I think, to be fair, comic speaking, the TVA stuff predates Umbrella. So, like, yes, I do think it's similar, and it'll feel that way for TV audiences, but I think the bigger question is how much did Umbrella Academy borrow from Marvel's TVA stuff? Well, right, with time traveling. So I was just talking more of like a cinematic look and feel tone tonally with the set designs and the wooden heads, whoever those were. Some people think it's Kang and some people think it's the timekeepers or whatever. But My brain is still just trying to get past Tennessee Valley Authority, so... <laughs> <laughs> for the kids at home that was something that fdr did during world uh during the not world war ii but during the great depression and they built hydroelectric dams and and they still exist yeah absolutely i mean there's still like the seat i mean like yes yes it was a big thing post world war ii but it still exists i'm not i'm not that old my my parents live like right around the corner from a tva dam so for me, this was the trailer that blew me away as far as this was a show. If you've listened to our podcast, I didn't really have any interest in it felt like uh, a character that wasn't really in continuity anymore. It was time hopping. I really did not. I was just like, oh, geez, Loki with dinosaurs. Yay. Loki with George Washington. OK, like I just I don't know. There was something about it that did not excite me. Visually, it was really stunning. I really liked the tone. Um, Owen Wilson was not obnoxious in the 15, 20 seconds that he was on the screen, which is, you know, a great victory in my book already. Like, there was just so many things that the trailer did to make it exciting that I had not been excited about before. And so it's it's leapfrogged. Like, I think I'm more excited about Loki than Falcon and the Winter Soldier at this point, which would not have been true seven days ago. I, on Owen Wilson, like when he popped on screen, one, he looked so little like Owen Wilson. I was there. I was like, I was like, is that Bradley Whitford? Is that like, I, I could not place it. And then I was finally like, oh yeah, that's right. Owen Wilson. Which is interesting because we saw Owen Wilson set photos where he looked like Owen Wilson, right? With the blonde shaggy hair and he was in costume and everything. Well, but, I mean, what we saw may not have been in continuity. I mean, we're time hopping, so maybe Owen Wilson ages. Young, wow. Wow, Owen yeah. Wilson, and now this is a much more older. 
the other really fun thing, I, I'm not an expert, but from what I've seen on other people's discussions, the TVA is run by clones in the comic. Like, mm-hmm. there's just one dude that they clone for all their workers. So they could totally do an orphan black Tatiana Maslany kind of thing where we could see Owen Wilson as 15 different people in this show. And they're all different clones of the same guy who's working at the TVA. Did you guys catch the Marvel TV Easter egg in the Loki trailer? No. They took out a page of Jeff Loeb's book in the world of Easter eggs. Loki was fighting at a Roxxon gas station. I did see that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that is Jeff Loeb's go-to move. I I think it's a grocery store, but yeah. I did see the Roxxon. It looked like a convenience store. I thought they had like a gas over awning or whatever that you call it. I just saw the word Roxxon. Or grocery store. Roxxon Mobile or whatever. Roxxon something it was. Well, and this is another show where we don't have a villain. Um, There is a stained glass window that seems to have satan in it like in the background which again is a mephisto kind of point which it's weird that wandavision has those rumors and this has those rumors like i don't know if that'll happen or not it certainly is something to like be explored about like what's happening there um i didn't realize till trailer breakdowns that there's a destroyed new york city in one of those shots with the avengers tower like all Mm -hmm. crumbled and and that maybe there's, um, uh, oh, geez. Uh, what's the planet where they get the soul stone? Is it uh, Vormir? Yeah, they said that. And then a lot of, they're arguing if it's Black Widow or Lady Loki, who's Sophia Martino is that her name? Yeah. Um, yeah, those two shots were back to back. Um, and then there's the hypothesis. It's Kang in the, uh, that one villain shot with the fire and the hood and the, was it the TVA agent or something that he grabs and he goes flying across the screen or something? I think it's Mephisto. I, I, see, and this is the thing. I hope it's Mephisto, so I'm setting myself up for disappointment, even though it's going to end up being Kang, which is just incredible, or an earlier version of Kang. Um, that is going to show just how far Marvel's willing to go with their adaptation from comics or something i would guess because kang's the most crazy character design they've probably had ever had to deal with i mean hell is up there but um kang's just a whole other ballpark of uh well and then the whole thing ends with probably a db cooper reference which is right like to me that is i don't know when people talked about time hopping loki i was just like oh Loki at the, like, Gettysburg Address. Loki at the, you know, Battle of the... Like, I was thinking of, like, major historical events. But inserting Loki into, like, fun, mysterious stuff, like what happened to the settlers at Roanoke or, like, the D.B. Cooper thing, like, that's a more tongue-in-cheek, funny, interesting thing to me. Where, like, most of the mischief in, in world history was caused by Loki. I think I can get more on board with that. Um, and also in the news is they solved the Zodiac Killer's, like, big ol' message, right? Are you telling me Disney didn't pay someone to do that so they could use it as viral marketing for Loki? Give me a break. Loki is the Zodiac Killer. Confirmed. I wonder how much of that was... There's misspellings in it? Like, 
Is that what took it so long to break? It was like, oh, he spells paradise with a C, not an S. <laughs> you know what? That is literally the key to my password that I use everywhere is that I misspelled it. And I was like, people may guess my password, but they'll never guess this misspelling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hackers are, are coming after Rhiannon right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Come at me. Like, how many different ways can I spell murder? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wait a minute, Murkot. Sorry if that's actually. Why would she put that in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As she quickly changes her password. Now, since we're <laughs> no, no, come on. <laughs> nope. All right, so that's a lot of Loki stuff. Uh, Shang Chi is going to come next. That'll be in July. They didn't say much about it, though. First of all, Kevin Feige's ability to pronounce some of these new names of like Shang-Chi. directors and actors. Great job. <laughs> Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi, by the way, Caleb. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Well, that's what made me think of it. He's like, whenever he does it, he's like, in our new movie, Shang-Chi. And I'm like, I'm, you know, like, I want to pronounce it right, but I also don't want to be like, woke white guy that overpronounces stuff just to make it sound like I'm, like, woke, you know? And so, I'm like, how am I supposed to say this name? Can we just agree on this, please? <laughs> well... I mean, if he's not going to pronounce it WandaVision, then... Then we can do what we want. <laughs> I'm going to... Microlave, did you share that video? To, if I have to go with WandaVision, I'm going to go with Shang-Chi. I'm just going to do whatever Feige says in that regard. Yeah. He gave us enough this week. Whatever, man. Whatever you want to do. It's fine. Uh, then we got a trailer for What If, which was really cool. I feel like we got a couple different storylines, maybe, that we haven't... Um, like, we knew about Black Panther as Star-Lord. We knew that there was going to be a zombie thing. We knew that we were going to get Peggy Carter as Captain Britain, I guess, technically. Uh, but we also got some, like, Doctor Strange versus Evil Doctor Strange. And um, uh, we saw Captain Marvel. I don't know if we know too much about what that story is going to be. But uh, did you guys enjoy this? Or is this is this something that's exciting for you guys? Or is the animation and the what ifiness kind of make it less so for you? I like it. Um, Howard the Duck cameo as well, which makes sense. I just so I don't know why I assumed that every hero was going to be playing a different hero. Um, but I mean, we saw Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. We saw Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange, who apparently fights like his Dormammu self or something. Um, Winter Soldier is the same, but we already saw that before. Yondu's the same. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm of course I'm gonna watch. I love the animation style. That's the thing. I like how they how they did it. It's still like classic 2D type animation as composed to compared to um computer Pixar-y stuff. Um. So I think that part is is interesting. My brain just shut down at animation. I don't. I mean, I'll probably watch it. But and and I've been trying to dig into a lot of these animated things on Disney Plus, and I just haven't been. I haven't even been able to focus on Animaniacs much. Um, so I didn't get all that excited about What If. I mean, I'll totally watch it. I will, but and it's going to be over the summer, so I think that'll be a nice little like summer, you know, thing to fill the time. To me, the product is all about that. I, I could see them doing a season of this every year or two 
and they just plug it in at the spot where the production schedule had a gap in shows to make sure that that subscriber base stays on. And I'm not trying to be cynical about it. I think it'll be fun. I just think it's going to be, I don't know. I am, I am worried about things becoming like, like we've talked about Marvel TV and like, is Marvel TV the MCU or is it MCU light? Or is it like second tier? And people get really upset about that. Um, what if, as well as the, we don't know anything about it, but an I am Groot animated, well, we don't know if it's animated or live action or if it's like essentially animated on top of like sets that are real or something. Like, we don't know what that show is, but I do worry about things like that, that are just like cutesy content fillers for Disney plus that are technically MCU, but are kind of like throwaway. I'm just not, I'm just not excited about that. The I am Groot stuff is I'm, it felt like Foggy was like, oh, and this from our corporate overlords that made us make a shorts content for Disney Plus. <laughs> it just didn't seem like people were into it. Oh, he's getting a taste of what Jeff Love had to put up for 10 years. Look at that. See, but we're going to end up running into these things, you know, is I am Groot canon? Is it part of the MCU? And, I mean, it's inevitable at some point. Not all content produced by Marvel Studios is going to be MCU or in continuity, right? So, anyways, what if, I mean, generally, I'm, I'm ex- I am I'm thought it looked good. I think it's exciting to have as more content. I just, um, I don't know. To me, it's just a different tier, kind of, than the excitement I'd have maybe for the other stuff they talked about. Last bit of video we got. I think this will be the next thing to come out is we got Miss Marvel sizzle footage. So it was really cool. It wasn't anything with special effects. We have no idea how her powers are going to look, not her in costume, but it's just her and, and her father, her and Bruno. Um, what'd you guys think of our first look at Miss Marvel? One, I was just really excited that the screen didn't go to blue and whatever background music. And right. I got to see it. Because I totally... I mean, none of the other sections of this gave us that sizzle reel of, you know. And I, it got me really excited. I really like Little Iman. Um, and, and and what they showed looked good. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they showed every They showed something from everything in production. Or that has something, right? Miss Marvel's the only thing still filming. Um, other than Hawkeye's they coming. didn't show us too much of Hawkeye, but oh, Hawkeye. Well, they gave us. Uh... But that's because the entire show is already in paparazzi photos online. Mm-hmm. So. Right. You just put the steals together and you got yourself a trailer. They showed the Kate uh, motion poster type thing with Steinfeld in there. By the way, um, so they've got their promo images done. Um. Uh... It looks, see, it has another rabbit hole we're going to go down, and it's it's involving the big T word someday, Terrigen. We're going to have to cross that road at some point. But, it, I mean, it had nothing to do with superheroes per se. At least the look we did, they're very much pitching it as, you know, the coming-of-age story, which it should be, um, with almost... The, the, the powers and stuff and bigoning taking a back seat uh, I would think she gets them in her series before she goes elsewhere and they're just not talking about obviously visual effects isn't anywhere close to complete 
Um, well, I think the other thing about this is these shows. Now, listen carefully to what I'm about to say, listeners. There are different budgets for these shows. One of the things that struck me about what we saw from Miss Marvel is it looks cheaper. And I don't mean like it looks bad or it looks poorly made. It just looks a lot less like Kamala hanging out with her friends on a rooftop of the Circle K is going to be way cheaper to do than Falcon blasting his way through like caverns with helicopters and explosions. And I think there's good reason to think that some of these shows will just have smaller budgets than other shows. And Miss Marvel, I think, is shaping up to be a smaller budget show. My guess is Hawkeye is going to be a relatively, it'll be a lot more hand-to-hand combat and less like flying and, you know, super explosions and stuff like that. I just, I, I get a sense that they're going to alternate. And so like WandaVision and Falcon are really expensive. Loki looks pretty expensive. But Miss Marvel and Hawkeye might be a little cheaper to make. And then She-Hulk will probably be more expensive. But then Moon Knight could be somewhere in the middle. You know, like I just think there's going to be some variance there. And that's, it's necessary. Because some of the rumors we've heard, I don't think Marvel can afford to make everything as expensive as they make the first couple. I don't know, man. Hollywood's changing. You saw what that uh, Jason Keelar said, right? About the billion dollar movie budget. Can you imagine having a billion dollars to make one movie? It'd be nuts. I mean, it could be the type of thing, um, or they're just not far enough along. I mean, that could just all be very raw footage taken straight from the thing without any grading or or anything like that done as well. But, I mean, it, it just makes business sense that everything can't be that budget like you said i mean moon knight depending on how they go moon knight moon knight's probably going to be relatively street level ish um i guess just what she hulk you know i mean everything besides the effects are going to uh be you know cheaper more affordable to to do and i would say i feel about miss marvel a bit the way i felt on this podcast about black widow if miss marvel did cost as much as like their biggest sci-fi shows, they're probably not making it the right way. You know, what I love about that comic is not like spectacle. It's relationships. It's the interpersonal stuff. It's the character development. And so I think they could, if anything, if it was a super expensive show to make, it would probably make me not like it as much because they're spending too much time on something that's not the core of her character to me. All right, uh, let's move on to Hawkeye. We did not get too much in this presentation. We did get a photo of um, uh, Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. Uh, But we have gotten a crap ton of, I think that's the technical term for it, of uh, paparazzi photos. We've seen her in costume, her and Renner just strolling down streets in the middle of Manhattan. Um, Rhiannon, as somebody who's been around film sets and stuff, has done some Marvel peeking. Is it surprising to you that they're filming the show like outdoor and we're getting this much paparazzi footage of this thing? I mean, no. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they ever hide it. I mean, having, I mean, I saw when they were filming daredevil season two, there was public information, and I was able to go, and I was able to see Charlie Cox walk down the street wearing the red suit. 
you know, if you follow it and you're interested enough, you can find it easily. And there's really no way for them to stop you. I mean, the fact that they, I mean, and I think it could be a budget issue that they don't, you know, shut down a whole area where they didn't decide to build a little New York set somewhere in Atlanta. You know, maybe it was just cheaper to do it out and they decided to go ahead and get that press. Um, so maybe it is just sort of a budget thing. You know, like the only way to avoid doing that out somewhere and in public is to build a set somewhere. And, you know, there's there's no way you could shut down, like... I mean, they could build... I mean, I'm surprised they haven't built a little New York subway at Pinewood in Atlanta as much as they do New York shows. Um, but no, I'm not surprised that, that people saw all of that. I mean, it probably just says a lot about the budget and how much they cared about hiding it. It was a, it was super interesting that they, uh, I mean, all reports were pointing towards them filming at Tyler Perry Studios, um, except they have yet to head there. So, I mean, it makes sense they're filming all the New York stuff first because we've seen Kate and several other costumes or uniforms that would seem to show progression or something yeah i'm just upset they haven't filmed any of the new york stuff when i can go look at it i think it's a perfect storm in terms of um all the photos coming out obviously you're in manhattan which has a hell of a lot more uh members of the the press at paparazzi than des moines iowa um, or even atlanta for that matter um then there's the issue with disney employees being furloughed and then I, I do think there's some sort of uh, intentional kind of misdirect that could be as well. If they're giving us all this Hawkeye stuff, you know, is also coming out when, when Spider-Man 3 is just hemorrhaging leaks left and right. Um, so I think it could be probably a little of each of those topics or things. Those photos, I mean, anything that's particularly been interesting to you guys? I know we've seen... A little bit of echo we've seen um some costumes i think rhiannon we saw some uh he's actually wearing some kind of hearing aid prosthetic thing you know that suggests they're doing that way yeah yeah so i mean i mean that photo that i saw of the hearing aid was i mean it was tiny it could have been an earpiece it wasn't like the big purple one that you see in the comics um though over the years he has had like a variety uh but still that's pretty exciting and echo being confirmed is exciting um I don't know if we've talked since, I mean, they cast a deaf Native American actress as Echo, um, which, which, I mean, will in some ways change how Echo is, because some of the stuff that, that she did in the comics was a little problematic to the deaf community, I believe. Um, they basically gave her so much power that she was no longer, you know, deaf in a lot of ways. Um... So I, I've seen some reaction, Nal DeMarco particularly, who, like, whenever there's deaf actor news, like, was really excited about the casting. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool that they're going down this route. Caleb, you forgot the most important piece of it all. What? Lucky the pizza. <gasps> that is true. Lucky was he there. didn't so much mention Lucky. Oh, my God. He's everywhere. He's in every single picture. Lucky was so yeah. cute. I've, I talked with uh, actually the guy who's made our logo and stuff for Marvel News Desk. Mm -hmm. He's very interested in um, representation of um, 
people with disabilities in roles where the person is someone with that disability. And so he was really pumped about about this, right? That they had the, the and actually a deaf actress. And he was saying the big test on if Marvel's serious about this stuff is if they finally cast a Professor X who's actually somebody who uses a wheelchair. You know, like that was that's his big bugaboo of like we've had a lot of Professor X's, but we've never actually had someone who actually lives in a wheelchair do that role. So that'll be interesting to see what they go with. Um I would be very surprised if they went with that, but who knows? They've been doing surprising things in that regard. So Spider-Man 3, we've gotten to it. There's so much to talk about here. Let me quickly recap news for people who listen to our podcast, not just for discussion, but news. Uh, Everyone's in this movie. Uh, We've heard confirmation or near confirmation that we're going to see Tobey Maguire as the original Spider-Man, Kirsten Dunst as the original Mary Jane, Alfred Molina as the original Dr. Octopus. Then we're going to get Andrew, Gar- Andrew Garfield as the Amazing Spider-Man version. Uh, uh, Emma Stone, is that right? Coming back as yep. Gwen Stacy, assuming she's not too pregnant to do it, from what we've heard. Uh, as we've talked about before, Jamie Foxx is back as Electro. We know J. Jonah Jameson. We might get multiple J. Jonas, I guess, since they've got Cranston available. I mean everybody is is potentially in this and then um our saved daredevil people are rejoicing because the other story that came out of Mur- murphy's multiverse and i think Rian, i'll let you talk about this however much you want to charlie cox should be back playing at least matt murdoch in spider-man 3 uh do you want to take a victory lap or <laughs> um no no, I mean, the Save Daredevil team is not taking any victory laps, uh, because it is still, I mean, Charles Murphy long ago promised me that when he had any news of this, I would be the first person he reached out to. And he did. So, you know, thanks, Charles, for living up to your promise there. Um, so I kind of watched the story unfold, and the story unfolded... The headline that made it out was not what he originally heard. And some of that evolution and some of what we've heard makes me believe that, yes, this, this, you know, knowing sort of the decision-making process to run with that headline, I fully believe Charlie Cox will be in Spider-Man 3. Um, but there's also, I mean, all those people popping in, I mean, you could just have a real quick sequence of seeing all of these other things. I mean, like, when you think about, like, um, some of the stuff that was in, in the Spider- Into the Spider-Verse, you know, these could be very quick cameos, and it's cool to see him recognized as being Daredevil, but I want more than a cameo. And a lot of people have been saying that he would be the attorney, but that... You know, there's no confirmation that he would be Spider-Man's attorney. Right now, Charlie Cox is in Ireland filming a TV series that's filming until February. Um, I, unless they're green screening something where he's going to be in or anything like that. I'm not holding my breath. The Save Daredevil team is not taking a victory lap. Um, but they are hopeful. He's going to have to uh, leave that set then, right? Spider-Man's going to be 
really close to done by February, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's well, one, I don't know if he's in that series. We know that series is filming until February. Um, and we know that, like, there's quarantine. Like, he would even have to come back and quarantine for a certain amount of time before he could be on set. I mean, I don't know. They have a set in the UK. There could be stuff that he can do on a green screen. There could be stuff. It could just be that he's doing an after credit scene is one rumor that we've heard. Um, so they could film that when they're done with everything. He could, you know, come in June or something and do an after credit scene. So I'm just, I'm not, yeah, there again, I'm not getting my hopes up that he's going to be his attorney throughout the whole film because he is involved in that other stuff. If I can conspiracy theory here for just a moment, it is interesting to me that Dr. Strange starts up in London, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Is that right? Yeah, maybe. Someone? Am I correct? Mm-hmm. And that the, the, yeah, January, and that Doctor yeah. Strange is connected to Spider-Man Three, and I think Feige even confirmed that on this call. And Doctor Strange is going to appear in Spider-Man Three, and then the director is Sam Raimi, who is actually the original Spider-Man trilogy director. So the possibilities that Charlie could pop over to the Doctor Strange set and get some stuff done and avoid some of those logistical hurdles that you mentioned, Rhiannon. I think is very. I think the main tell will be there have been some social media posts from somebody that's on the film set with Charlie in Ireland. Um, at the moment, Charlie has a very full beard. Um, it's not, it's not like prosthetic for the TV show. Like he very much has a very full beard. Um, they're not going to CGI Superman that beard out for him to be Daredevil. So I think the biggest sign will be if we start seeing any social media photos where the beard is gone, um, then I'll start to believe that he popped over to London and filmed something. Not to sound like a complete stalker. Um, I do want to ask you quickly, Rhiannon, along these lines. Um, I think just from our conversations, you were hopeful that there'd be some kind of talk about more adult Marvel or that Disney plus was going to add like an 18 plus section, which they kind of did in like Australia and New Zealand, but it doesn't sound like they're doing here. They're keeping Hulu as a separate product. Hulu's uh, director. She mentioned a bunch of places where they're getting content, but she never mentioned Marvel studios. Were you disappointed in any way that there wasn't more explicit conversation about a, an adult route for Disney con- or Marvel content? I was. Um, I really expected that either the, you know, the, you know, like internationally they showed that Disney Plus will have a separate login if you're going to see adult content and stuff like that. Um, I was really surprised that the Hulu conversation didn't... You know, I kind of expected, and even less for Daredevil, we expected the adult conversation to come into play with the Deadpool news. You know, they, they've pretty much, conf- I mean, they've confirmed Deadpool 3. It has writers. They did not mention Deadpool throughout all of this. Like, the Deadpool logo showed up at some point in the beginning, just when uh, Chapek was standing there with all of the visuals behind him. So there was zero talk in all of this about Deadpool or any other adult, you know, I mean, obviously we didn't expect to hear anything about Hellstrom, but if I remember correctly, Hellstrom showed up in one of those things where they were just showing all of the products available on Hulu. Hellstrom was there. Um, 
so yeah, like I did expect an adult content thing. I think it's going to be more difficult in the U.S. Like I think they're they're merging Hulu and ESPN Plus because that can be done with the current contracts. But Hulu still has all of that other content there that isn't exclusively Disney. And so I understand why maybe they weren't ready to talk about all of that. Um, I mean, to get way too speculative. I mean, if you're going to practice having a Disney Plus with some adult content, I think America is not the place to try. You know, some countries, you know, a smaller distribution base or, you know, a less Puritan culture. You know, if, if your kid accidentally sees something R-rated, if you're going to have problems with that system, try it in another country before the U.S. You know, yeah, we had expected something, but not completely surprised at this point in hindsight. Well, and totally just on the business insider baseball kind of look at it, I think people need to remember that it's cool what they're doing to me with Star and other markets where it's embedded within the Disney Plus app as the adult content. But that's effectively a brand new offering that Disney is creating for that purpose. Hulu's just got a weird history because it was something that was created by network television for the digital distribution of network television. And because Americans are used to it being a place you go to to watch TV shows that were on NBC the night before. Like, I just think it's a different beast. And I think that's why integrating ESPN Plus into it makes sense because it's it's the TV app in American minds. Whereas, sub you know, sublimating, whatever, putting it underneath the Disney Plus umbrella is just a little weirder here because the Hulu brand means something. And I think that they've been a little leery. They talked about FX and how that became a brand more than a channel. And I think to them, Hulu is a brand to some degree that is growing right now. And I don't want to, they don't want to mess it up by making it Disney plus 18 plus or whatever. And so I just think that's a complication that, that we're dealing with. Also, um, FX totally announced two series, both on the level of, marvel studios stuff do you like you know how big an alien tv yeah. show is going to be or shogun i mean those shows are going to be huge and i think why the last man has a great opportunity to be a huge show for them too yeah. holy cow they made a logo so they're actually maybe kind of doing it <laughs> all right um so that's a lot of spider-man stuff i mean we didn't really talk about the spider-man aspect of it that much but i mean we've known that this is going sp- I think my biggest takeaway of Spider-Man is, like, people just need to be careful about their expectations. Like, if you think this is a full-on Spider-Verse movie and you're going to get, you know, an hour and a half of the three Spider-Man, Spider-Men together, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I don't, it's going to be, it, you know, it's going to be something, but is it a cameo? Is it the three of them eating shawarma for a minute together? You know, is Tobey Maguire going to spend one day on set or 25 days on set? Like, I don't think any of us know. And so I think it's cool. I just think guard your expectations until they give you a sense of it. Keep in mind what they did with Homecoming, right? They had Vulture. They had Shocker. They had the Tinkerer, right? I mean, there's three named Spidey villains right there and Shocker and Tinkerer. And Scorpion was in there, too. So, uh... 
you know, I think they're not going to waste Maguire and Garfield on cameos. I do think this is the movie version of a backdoor pilot for Sinister Six, even. And there may just be a huge final battle with those three plus. Because there's still reason to believe that their Craven's going to be in it, too. You know? So I think it's probably going to be Holland and Craven for most of the movie. And then that's when the multiverse stuff happens is the third act. It could be really fun if Craven's like an interdimensional hunter. And like he's chasing him and he finally, the end of act two is he gets Holland. And he drags him back to like his interdimensional like layer or whatever. And then all of a sudden he gets saved by the other two Spider-Men who've been tracking from their dimension the same interdimension you know like i could see something like that happening and working you know for this movie is sony the reason marvel studios is do all doing all this with the multiverse i mean it's like we're wandavision and doctor strange in the multiverse of madness planned around this Sony deal and is Sony directly responsible for going to inevitably make any Marvel property ever made part of the multiverse of matter. Cause it seems to me what they're doing is just going full on DC and where everything DC films and Warner brothers has ever made is technically Canon. It's just earth one, earth two, earth 68. <laughs> The brilliance of that, if you're Disney, is you're trying to build up this Disney Plus offering as the center of your your world. It basically re puts value back into that old Fox properties that you're loading up into Disney Plus. Right. So that, to me, makes some kind of sense. I think the Fox deal is probably a bigger deal than even Sony in trying to do multiverse stuff. To give them more options on how to use the old Fox stuff and how to use Deadpool um, I do wonder if Sony and Marvel have cut a deal to where I know they've only said one more Tom Holland picture and then a team up movie, but it would not surprise me if what they're doing here is that Marvel has agreed to do a multiversal concept with Sony in the agreement that the Tom Holland version kind of belongs to Disney in a stronger and longer term way. But it opens up a million different avenues for Sony to do other stuff. That is still technically adjacent to the MCU. I mean, Sony's going to give Marvel Holland to use whenever if they let Holland show up in Venom 2. You know, if they let Tom Holland show up in Morbius 2, Sony's going to tell Kevin Feige he could do whatever the hell. If they could turn Morbius into a billion dollar franchise and make that work somehow. I mean, I think Sony's most definitely willing to play ball. I mean, we've seen that before, so. All right. We're doing pretty well, but we got to, we probably want to speed up. I think we've got just a few more things. Really. We talked about most of the trailers and stuff. Uh, she Hulk, we got official confirmation of Tatiana Maslany. And then we also got confirmation that both Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth are returning for the she Hulk show. Uh, I'm kind of pumped about that. I always felt Abomination was underused and ignored. Um, I kind of half suspect uh, Tim Blake Nelson to uh, agree to show back up and us to get the leader. I think She-Hulk is the way Marvel is going to make Hulk stuff. 
they're just going to brand it all as She-Hulk and get around the universal crap. So, um, any thoughts on She-Hulk? I'm just still really hyped about Tatiana. Um, and, the, and yeah, I'll be curious to see how they do the visual effects. Um, oh, there was also that little lion that he threw out of, she'll be an attorney or lawyer representing superheroes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you could see anybody pass through. Um, the Save Daredevil, the Save Daredevil official stances, they don't think that's a Matt Murdock reference. But, yeah. I don't think so either. No. Totally is. I it mean, is we appreciate totally Adam writing an article on Comic Book saying it was, but, you know. 5,000% Matt Murdock's and She-Hulk. I don't care what you say. They bring it back abomination, for Christ's sake. No. That also, I, I didn't explain myself on Twitter last night because I figured I didn't need to, but certain people didn't get what I was trying to say. Then bring it back abomination when the Universal owns the rights to Incredible Hulk, takes away any argument people had about not giving Netflix money for the Defenders. Because Universal's going to get the money if you buy it on Amazon Prime to stream to see who the abomination is. Um, I realize that uh, Marvel Studios can have Hulk and team-up movies. I get that it's not a rights issue, but there was a substantial amount of people on Twitter that said, I think I think Caleb's even one of those people. No, I did not take the bait. I thought that you were wrong. No, no, not, not, I'm telling, <laughs> I'm telling, not, not last night in particular, but you've mentioned that the reason why they would reboot Defenders characters is so people don't um, subscribe to Netflix to catch up. And while they don't have to, um, I mean, while one movie's certainly less than um, a Netflix subscription, especially if you're in it, I mean, it's still going to lie in Universal's pockets. I mean, it's not even streaming on Disney Plus, so people are still going to uh, buy it to catch up. That is, of course, unless this abomination is completely new. Which is also another... I mean, Disney makes some money when people watch The Incredible Hulk, right? I mean, is the studio behind it? It's a split, but Universe, I think it might be like 80-20 or something. Okay, that's interesting. I don't know. I'd have, that's just... Uh, Universal has a very overwhelming majority in the, the rights or distro. I expect the She-Hulk stuff to be more like... Benedict Cumberbatch comes in because there's been like a sound complaint, like a sound ordinance complaint about stuff happening at the the Sanctum Sanctorum or like Peter Parker shows up about something about a stolen bike or something. You know, like I just think it's going to be kind of tongue in cheek, goofy stuff. Uh, I guess better would be Strange gets a like speeding ticket, you know, like just like that kind of silliness where you see the kind of a damage control feel of like average normal day lives of our MCU stars, what they take care of on a Thursday afternoon when they're, you know, having a small legal issue or whatever. I think that's what we'll see. Right. And that's the concept that, um, deserves a 20 episode order. You know, I mean, the CW shows do it exceptionally well with like the villain of the week or what have you. And that's a concept where, uh, 
it's pretty much fan service, but what else are you going to expect from a working attorney who specializes in superhero crime or whatever? I mean, to me, that line says she's going to be Peter Parker's attorney in Spider-Man 3. And it, it yeah, I mean, and you're going to see people that need an attorney, not other attorneys. And if there's going to be other attorneys, it should be like Jerry Hogarth. Talk about a character that is not Disney Plus friendly. Hey, this is Jerry Hogarth. Let's tell you about her history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be Jerry Hogarth, but I mean, if you're if you're trying to follow that logic, Matt Murdock hasn't. I mean, he kind of represented Punisher, but let's give the credit to Foggy on that one. Um, he hasn't represented any superheroes and he wouldn't be going against an attorney that is representing superheroes. So, uh, we didn't hear too much about Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. That's obviously gonna start filming soon. Uh, they didn't talk hardly at all about moon Knight. Interestingly, no Oscar Isaac mention, uh, in the moon Knight uh, bit that he did. So that was weird. Um, this, okay. So now we're getting to more news again. Thor love and thunder. We found out officially that Gore the God Butcherer is uh, who's Christian Bale is going to be. So we have a villain for that movie. Uh, I'm ecstatic. I just, I love that comic. I think that's going to be very fun. Um, Adam, do you have any thoughts on Gore? I'm very um, surprised Christian Bale wants to do like a CGI role. Unless they turn him into can't imagine it's going to look super attractive with Twi'lek type prosthetics or something <laughs> you know unless they just completely overhaul the character's design um which to be fair the design is not the thing i love about that character so right it's just super weird and gross <laughs> you know i mean that's the one way to put it i i love i like you said it's one of the best I know comics purists are going to uh, rage against me for saying it's better than Walt Simons and stuff. But, I mean, nobody gets Thor as well as Jason Aaron. And the fact that they're just pretty much straight adapting his stuff is is excellent. I am uh, I would rather take Gore over Minotaur any day. Minotaur, Minotaur. The Minotaur. Than, uh, Dario Agar. Minotaur. Why put the U in there, then? Yeah, Gore the God Butcher is going to be excellent. It, it, that movie is going to be wild. Um, were you going to add the other Thor Love and Thunder stuff? Oh, that's right. Well that came that's out right. Yesterday. Lady Sif's back, right? Lady Sif's back as well. So speaking of uh, movies with expansive casts, Thor Love and Thunder is right up there as well. Um. I'm also interested to see if they, I feel like this would be a great place to open up some of the Greek pantheon stuff. Like the idea that Gore would also go after like a Hercules or something, I think would make a lot of sense and would be something interesting for them to go to, but we'll see. Crossover into the Disney Hercules. (laughs) Possibly. Give us that guy that played it in Central Park. (laughs) He was amazing. (laughs) The ultimate Disney crossover. All right, then we started to get some new shows announced. So uh, we found out the Nick Fury show is going to be Secret Invasion, and it is going to star um, the Australian guy, Scott Mendelson. Mendelson, Is that right? 
Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. I could not. Scott's the Forbes guy. <laughs> Scott Mendelsohn's the Forbes I was, box office I could pundit. get Talos, but I could not remember Ben Mendelsohn's name for my name. So, um, anyways, uh, Secret Invasion's coming, and that's awesome. I mean, it's really, it's weird, because these are the big announcements, the ones where you're like, what? But then I don't feel like there's too much to talk about afterwards. We kind of knew Secret Invasion was a possibility. It is kind of a major event. We talk about expen- more and less expensive shows, I would think this one's going to be pretty costly doing all the scrolls and, you know, changing and uh, body shifting, all that kind of stuff. So I feel like that's the one also that will be full of cameos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you meaningfully do that show if Carol Danvers doesn't show up at some point? I mean, it would be perfect for some of the Guardians type people to show up for with space stuff. Um yeah, it just seems like there'd be a lot of, and there'd be some kind of America, uh, some kind of Earth government response, right? Whether it's sending out Falcon and Winter Soldier or War Machine or somebody to like deal with the situation. Uh, Black Panther two, we found out that the biggest thing here is the date moved. It was before a May date. It's moving to July. I didn't mention it just a second ago. Thor is moving from February to May of 2022, and then that pushes Black Panther out to July. And they are not going to recast um, the role of T'Challa, which shows you how little we know. Last time we talked about this, we're like, oh, man, they're going to have to recast, I guess. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I was just sitting there and I was like, okay, explain yourself, Feige. <laughs> like, why did they only give you 15 minutes, man? <laughs> explain. I have seen people on Twitter, you know, everybody's talking Shuri. But I've heard other people say Nakia and um, bringing in Lapita Nyong'o would be a good option. I don't know why more people haven't discussed that already. I mean, that to me, that is a much more natural fit. But I mean, why not M'Baku? Yeah, that yeah, that would be awesome as well. So, yeah, I think we're getting to the point in the podcast we're talking about. I mean, but still, like, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's just, they have to in some way address the fact that T'Challa's no longer there. Um, so. Right. Are they, you know, are they like killing the character off off screen? And that's like the root of conflict, like against Namor or something. Or is he on a spy mission? Yeah, there's all different things. They can't pass the, uh, mantle down if they keep him, um, off screen on secret missions or something, which I don't think they'll do anyways. They'll probably have a, I mean, I trust Ryan to do whatever. Um, I mean, I don't know if this would be a good or bad idea. It would be interesting if they just let it uh, mirror real life and T'Challa just gets cancer and dies. Like that was kind of a powerful thing they did with Captain Marvel in the comics to talk about even superheroes get sick and sometimes things happen. And I think, uh, I don't know, I think there's interesting something to explore there of the idea of like, no, this wasn't an alien explosion. It wasn't, I think it will hit home for people if it's like, no, this superhero died like normal people die because superheroes still die like we do. I think that would be poignant and interesting, but I don't think I have to do it that way. Just be an interesting way to go. Especially if that's, if they start like the movie out with a funeral procession or something like that. To explain it, I mean, that's going to be plenty more devastating than anything we've seen before. Yeah. 
Uh, another show that got announced is Ironheart, which I think will probably come out about that same summer as Black Panther 2. We also got a casting for Ironheart. Um, I did not pull that up. I'm sorry to... Congratulations to the young lady who got it. But um, it's... I mean, we heard a little bit of rumors. It's crazy to me that they have greenlit this. They know they're going to make it and they have a casting. And we didn't hear... For us to hear nothing about casting... Um, I missed it earlier. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Of course, America Chavez uh, was officially announced. But that was a casting process like we heard rumors about. And we've heard rumors about Miss Marvel. They went out and they got an Ironheart. And we didn't hear a whisper of it on social media. Which to me is crazy. Right. And Marvel's defense when uh, when you're dealing with uh, like uh, Dominique, I think. Dominique Thorne, is that her name? I don't know. I don't think she's been in any major things, maybe. Um, so there was probably far less negotiation for the deal, and they signed whatever the hell Marvel, Marvel sent. Not a Christian Bale level negotiations and dealing with twenty team members and publicists and leaky emails and stuff like that. Well, and this also totally preps us for Young Avengers slash Champions. I mean, we were already headed that way, but. You got Miss Marvel in place. Now you add Ironheart. You've got the two uh, the two twins, probably from the WandaVision show. You're gonna have um, I'm losing my oh Kate Bishop is on there. They announce we'll get to it. They've announced that they've cast a new Cassie Lang uh, in order to be stature. I mean, everything is falling in place for that to happen pretty easily. So, all right, we're almost there. Uh, a show. That I felt like was completely out of the blue. When Feige mentioned it, I didn't even couldn't even think of what it was. Armor Wars is going to be coming to us, <laughs> and it's going to be a um, a show about War Machine and about what happens to all of Tony's suits now that he's gone. I would assume Justin Hammer is so going to be in this show. It would be great. Um, It'll be interesting to see if any of the stuff from the, um, uh, oh, jeez, why can't I think of it? The Iron Man villain that's going to be in in Shang-Chi. Mandarin. Uh, Mandarin, right? Like, if Mandarin implications come in, it could be interesting, but we don't know much about it other than Don Cheadle is on board. Are you guys excited to see a War Machine show? They did change the Mandarin's name, too. It's on that cast list and they post. I totally forgot what they... Call them, but they're not calling Tony Leung. Oh, the um, Mandarin. The Mandarin. Interesting. Yeah. Um, is there a chance that we see damage control? I mean, this sounds like oh, a damage yeah. control type situation too. Or the you know the the Spider Man villains that you know Vulture and all of them that were Start dealing with collecting the rubble and stuff. It's probably yeah the type of scenario. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to have Justin Hammer. He's the the guy that's going to get this, and it's just going to be a bunch of different Iron Men fighting each other, and it's probably going to have Ironheart in it as well. I, I think the one thing that bums me out a little, and we don't know order, but these shows, you know, they're doing shows together. So Secret Invasion and Ironheart will probably be produced at the same time. Armor Wars will come after. If we get Ironheart and Armor Wars back to back, like a year of 
of Stark suits or six months of Stark suits is not something I'm super excited about, but <laughs> he still lives on. The Iron Man is still around five, six years later. Well, and I think that is a good point. Like, we really thought that, it, well, we have all these new characters, but it seems like they really are holding on to some of these classics very tightly. Even, you know, as we look into 2022, 2023. Well, I mean, it's easy to look at this and be like, oh, okay, well, o- over this schedule, we've got some Black Widow stuff. We've got Black Widow movie. Falcon Winter Soldier is a continuation of the Cap ethos. We got Ironheart and Armor Wars continuing the Iron Man stuff. The Thor stuff is still going. She Hulk is a continuation of sort of that character. You know, like it's expanding, but it's not expanding that wide mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. Uh, Captain Marvel Two is coming in November of 2022. It was shuffled down from July when Black Panther took its spot. Uh, biggest thing here is, as we expected, we'll see Monica Rambeau. But also, Kamala Khan is going to appear in Captain Marvel 2, which is pretty cool. And I think it sets... We, you know, there's this debate of, should Captain Marvel 2 be a modern day movie? Or should it be another time period piece, like the first one? And this, to me, says that it's going to be a modern movie if if Kamala's in it. Because so. Kamala probably is hardly born when Captain Marvel 1 took place. So. Um, all right, we're, we're, we're fading. Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special is coming out in December of 2022. Um, that's just bonkers and awesome. James Gunn, I guess, has wanted to make it a long time and Marvel's going to let him. And it'll be filmed at the same time that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is being filmed, which is going to debut, debut in 2023. Super hyped for that. Super, super hyped for that. Um, it probably will have... Marvel's most powerful mutant in there. That's a piece I'm currently working on with Santa Claus. So uh, that'll be sweet. So, um, yeah, that's excellent. We did, I mean, that's confirmation as well that 2023 is the the date they're aiming at for Guardians Volume 3. I don't think that's probably too much of a surprise. Um, And then there was just the stuff that got thrown in at the end. Like, Blade is still going forward. Ant-Man and the Wasp is officially, uh, the third one's going to be called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is another multiverse of madness, ridiculous title that I love. And uh, I believe they confirmed Kang as well mm-hmm. in that um, description. Uh, anything about Ant-Man? They recast <laughs> the Wasp Cassie Lang as well, which means oh, yeah. Young Avengers is all but guaranteed if they recast her for a yep. long-term commitment or something and then the last of it uh feige said also i forget what he said it was basically also we're working on and then a fantastic four logo just appeared on the screen and at this point he had me so frothed up my kids came over like dad you don't have to scream okay like i'm just like yes there we go it's so awesome like i was so pumped fantastic four is coming so yay and John Watts got the directing gig, which, which is cool. Kind of. I don't. I just want. I want Fantastic Four to be this Taika Waititi, Jack Kirby, cosmic goodness, and John Watts doesn't scream that. His Spider Man movies have been fine, but um, I just really hoped it um, went out. I wonder how mad Peyton Reed is about this, though, because that's something he's wanted for years and years and years and now he's stuck doing ant-man 3 
when someone else gets to play with Fantastic Four. Yeah, I I don't know. Ant Man and the Wasp. You guys know I like those movies probably more than you guys do, but oh, that's I, guaranteed. I, 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 I hate see... Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> I didn't see enough from either of those that made me feel great about Reed in that role. I enjoyed John Watts's MCU movies a lot more than I enjoyed Peyton Reed's MCU movies. So I'm I'm actually kind of happy on this front. So uh, that's it. I think the only other thing I mentioned quickly is just no X-Men stuff. It is kind of crazy that we're almost on the two-year anniversary of the Fox deal. Is that right? Mm, not quite. April, right? Or March or April yeah. or something? Yeah. February? Oh, I thought it was made official in December. I have no idea. Has it been two years already? Because I remember that. Oh, man. Well, but, I mean, but we know they've made plans. I mean, we know there's a Deadpool plan. So we know there is stuff that he didn't even get around to talking about. All right. So the deal closed on March 2019. Yeah, so that's 18 unless, unless I'm, But unless I'm wrong, they remember there was a period where they like announced the deal to the, the shareholders and then the shareholders had to approve it. I believe it's been two years since the investor call where Iger put it before the investors. Now that, that sounds right. It, right, but they couldn't start, they can't, couldn't develop until it closed, right? Okay, yeah, that's true. So we're not two years, we're one year and nine months since that deal. And we know, I mean, we have four movies for 2023. And so that, I mean, I don't think there's going to be much more coming out that year. I think that year is going to be Ant-Man, Blade, Fantastic Four, and Guardians. So that suggests that they're going to give a full five-year wait until anything X-Men comes out from Marvel Studios. Which is brilliant on their part. I mean, they're set for the next 15 years. You know, like, they're, they're keeping some of the powder dry, so to speak. So, um, it's just kind of amazing to me we haven't gotten any. And, as you mentioned, Rena, the fact there's no Deadpool stuff today. Like, no conversation on that I thought was very odd. I mean, they only gave Feige, like, 20 minutes to talk. And, I mean, and we have spent an hour and 20 minutes talking about what he covered in that 20 minutes. Like... Right. I, I, I mean, I think it just, you know, this presentation had a very specific audience and it had a very specific purpose of talking about their direct-to-consumer stuff. So to me, that says that if they're doing X-Men stuff, they're planning for it to be theatrical or they're planning for it to be adult content that they haven't touched on that maybe will, maybe they're still figuring out how to distribute it. Um, so we'll see. I do think... The idea that like, oh, maybe they're going to do it differently on, and nobody said this, but I don't think it's that it's Fox stuff or that they're going to release on Fox differently. Because if Feige took a moment to talk about a Sony movie on Spider-Man 3, like he could take a minute to talk about Deadpool 3 if it was something that's going to come. He took half a breath to talk about Spider-Man 3. Right. He I mean, literally only said Spider-Man 3. Moment. I mean, I think it was literally just like, also Spider-Man 3 will tie in with this. And <laughs> He could have, but I'm saying, like, given what he gave us for Blade and Fantastic Four. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, we announced Blade, we're going to make it, Mahershala Ali, awesome. By the way, we're also making Fantastic right. Four. He could have easily said, and Deadpool 3 is being produced yeah. with writers so-and-so and so. Like, they could have done that but, very easily, but I they mean, didn't. we just got an X-Men movie in August, and the last Fantastic 
Josh Trank's fantastic well, was in five years ago. I mean, they were always going to do Fantastic Four first. That wasn't up for debate. Great. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also remember this session was to drive stock prices up. So maybe he didn't want anybody to be thinking about New Mutants in association with Marvel Studios as the brand. Maybe he, you know, this, the sole purpose of this presentation was to increase the value of Disney stock. So maybe there was a conscious decision that touching any of that brand before they could carefully control how it comes out and show that it's a better product wasn't you know wasn't going to drive stock prices up and my god the stock price went up it also is very possible that they are going to start seeding mutants in different of these films totally possible that storm will pop up here wolverine will pop up here or you know gene gray will pop up over here and if you do that then like an x-men 2024 movie could be really fully formed and have been led into carefully, but we just don't know it. Like we already have properties in front of us that we talked about today that are going to be mutant related. We just haven't talked about it yet. Can you think how historic it would be if they shoved a mutant into Spider-Man three? So the Fox Marvel and Sony stuff, just all working together in harmony. I mean, yeah. I've seen people. And then talk Ben about... Affleck's Daredevil flies in. That would be incredible. The only thing it's missing would red. be Hulk, man. Then it's the entire Marvel catalog. Nick Cage, Ghost Rider, strolls in all of a sudden. Incredible. <laughs> Do it. This is going to be a beast to edit, but it was fun to actually talk about fun. Uh, for those of you who are tuning in for our New Mutants review, I'm, I'm afraid that that oh, was preempted sorry. by this conversation. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, thanks for listening to the show. We're not, I'm, thank you for people. We have had some people chiming in on Twitter. I'm, we've been, I've been trying to keep up and responding to you. Uh, thank you for being awesome and co- talking to us. We're just, uh, we're tired and I have to go take care of my kids, so. Uh, they've been watching TV the whole time that this podcast has been going on. They're, they're happy about it. Um, thanks for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you to our people over at patreon.com who support the show financially, help us to host it and all that stuff. Um, thank you to people that helped with like our logo and our, our theme music. We'll, uh, encourage you guys to check them out. Um, and thanks for just listening to the show, sharing it with your friends. Uh, I assume this may be the last time we record for a little while in that um, we'll do a holiday, our holiday Patreon. That is the big payoff that we owe our patrons. So I'm sure we'll do that in a couple of weeks. But I would suggest that we're going to take a little break because um, we have a weekly show to do starting January 15th that will basically not end ever according to this calendar. So, um, yeah. It's really amazing. Like, I've plotted it out. The content will never stop. Assuming everything kicks off on January 15th and COVID does not derail any of it, we're going we're gonna to be getting new stuff basically every week until we die. So Yay! <laughs> Don't, you know, let's, let's not, <laughs> Adam, it'll be a treadmill of your job that will never, oh, ever stop. God. Uh, job security tell you what Uh, keep Rob safe Daredevil thank you
All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you later.